everyone. This is Rebecca with Conscious Accounting. Welcome back to our podcast. Today we have Julie Dye, owner of Blossom Shine with us. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I'm really excited to chat with you today, especially because you're one of my dearest friends in the community. So <laughs> it's really fun to have a friend and a client on, on today. And um, let's start by just hearing about your business and about your kind of evolution of your career. Like, what, did you always want to make jewelry? Um, what what do you make? Like, just tell us the whole story. Okay. Uh, so I make handmade jewelry. Um, I'm a metal smith now. I use sterling silver and 14 karat gold filled materials. Um, I make dainty geometric pieces. Mm-hmm. I like to say it's jewelry that you can wear every day, any outfit. Um I did not start out making jewelry. I started my business 11 years ago. Wow. Um, I had just moved to St. Pete from New York City and had some money saved up and knew I wanted to have my own business making something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know exactly how that was going to go. Um, so the skills I had at the time were bookbinding and working with papers. So I started just making products using these beautiful Japanese papers that I had mm-hmm. um, and doing markets selling those. So how um, did you get into that? That seems like so random that you just would know about <laughs> Japanese. Like, right. what's, what's the story with that? <laughs> um, so I went to school for photography at okay. Ringling in Sarasota. Um, and while I was there, I took a lot of bookbinding classes because huh. it just worked really well with photography. Um, oh, interesting. And just fell in love with that because I just love working with my hands. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, when I moved to New York after college, um, I ended up getting a job with a photographer working in his studio, like cool. creating his prints. And part of the reason they hired me was because of my bookbinding skills because oh, wow. we also like built his portfolios. Uh. Um, so I ended up, you know, just kind of furthering my skills with mm-hmm. bookbinding and working with all these different papers that he used for his prints. Mm-hmm. Um, he used a lot of different materials. So, so bookbinding, that's just, you know, taking pages and putting a cover around it and making a... Yeah, it's pretty much building a book from scratch, you know, wow. like cutting the paper and then... You know, my favorite part was always like the stitching of mm-hmm. the pages together and then attaching it to the cover. And that's so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. Um, but it's not the easiest thing to sell and make money on. <laughs> huh. <laughs> because it's very time consuming and right. it's hard to really charge um a price that justifies the amount of time that mm-hmm. it takes. Um so as I was selling, you know, I was always just kind of like trying out different products. I started making some paper jewelry. And people were really, you know, drawn to that. So it was like, okay, I need to go in this direction. So I kept increasing the amount of paper jewelry I was making. So what is paper jewelry? Um, Well, for me, it was really um, creating, like, folded paper pieces Mm -hmm. and then attaching it to an earring. Oh, cool. Um, But then, of course, the issue became how do I make this so that it's going to last a long time. Right. So I had to, you know, find a way to treat the paper so that it wasn't going to just fall apart when someone was wearing it. Yeah. Um, But there was still limitations in that. You know, I couldn't really ever make it, like, last forever. Right. Interesting. Um, So that was when I decided to take um, a silversmithing class. Huh. Where'd you do that? Uh, I did it at the Dunedin Fine Arts Center. Okay. Um, So I just took one class so I could kind of, like, understand the basics of it. 
Um, and that made it. Then I came up with um, the idea of wrapping these coils of paper that mm. I had in the metal and then coating it with resin on both sides. And now it's waterproof. Now it lasts wow. forever. It's covered in metal, so it's shiny and sparkly. Um, and then Genius. attaching those to pieces of jewelry. Um, but then once I started doing metalsmithing, I was like, oh, man, I really love this, too. <laughs> um, so, you know, I started playing more with metal and making pieces just out of metal. And people were really liking that. And, um, yeah, now, you know, the majority of what I make is metalworking. Um, but I do still have some paper pieces that I incorporate. And now I'm starting to work a little bit with stones as oh, well. Cool. Um, so I like to call it my blended material jewelry. Yes, I love that. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's kind of how I ended up where I am. A lot of trial and error and really just listening to what people wanted and what people liked. That is such a great point because I think that a lot of business owners um, forget that, you know, your customers will just tell you what to do, you know. Exactly. They'll tell you what yeah. they want. And if you just listen yeah. and pivot around what they are looking for, then, you know, you can be very profitable that way. Absolutely. Have you ever felt like what your customers want is not really what you want to make? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of times the stuff that sells the best is like the super basic pieces, which mm -hmm. are, you know, less involved work-wise for mm -hmm. me. And of course, I like the things that take a lot of time to make. Right, right. <laughs> but the things that take a lot of time to make are also more expensive because of that. Right. Um, so, yeah. but you know, those pieces still sell. They just don't sell as much as the more simple pieces. So um, I get to do both. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. So where, like, how did you start selling? Like, where did you sell the first time? And <laughs> um. Gosh, the first market I did was like, it was just like a random like event in the Grand Central District. Uh -huh. This was like 11 years ago. So St. Pete was wow. very different then. Yeah. Um, I think I made like 50 bucks or something. <laughs> and you were like, you yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crushed um, it. I mean, if you look at like what my booth display looked like back then, it's embarrassing. But, um, oh. you know, you have to figure it out as we go. Absolutely. Um, so... I, it took about a year of trying a bunch of different markets, and then I was able to get into the Saturday morning market about wow. a year in, and that really was a game changer for me. Yeah, because yeah, they get, just get such a audience each week. Yeah, so. yeah it's great. That's really cool. That's really cool. So when you were at these markets, did you also get to know the other business owners and sort of network and build a community together around making? And uh, Yeah, for sure. Like... My, I mean, the majority of my friends are people I've met at markets. Um, wow. <laughs> it's, it's a great community. Um, it's a lot of, you know, just sharing about our struggles and figuring, you know, things that we're figuring out. Mm -hmm. um, so it's helpful to have that community to kind of bounce things off of what we're trying, what's working, what's helping with this, you know, what's helping with display or online sales or, you right. know, so I feel like having that community is it's really important in helping to grow your business. Yeah. What about with like other people who make jewelry? Like, do you feel like you can still build community with people that are like in your field or is that, can that be tricky? Like, uh, I mean, I think it depends on the person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've definitely met some great other jewelers who are just open to like, you know, sharing like yeah. ideas. Um, 
there's one woman who does the Saturday morning market who's, you know, been doing it for years and she teaches it. And she was a wonderful resource for me to be like, I'd be like, hey, I don't know how to do this, you know, because yeah. I really only took the one class and right. then I just kind of taught myself everything else. So she was always great about sharing her expertise um, on, you know, metal working that she'd been doing for like 30 years. So Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. And you've done markets in other states too, right? Uh, yeah, I did the Renegade Craft Fair. I've done Brooklyn, Chicago, wow, Austin, and Miami. Oh my goodness! Uh, mostly Chicago. That was the one that I went to multiple times. Yeah, because um, I have family there, and I yeah. just—it's a great event. Um, Is that then, different than Sari Mori Market? Like, what, what, what's it like? Yeah, it's different because it's like. All of the businesses there are just incredible. Like, they've got their branding down. Like, their products are really cool and really different. Like, they really, I mean, they have such a huge selection of businesses to choose from. Mm -hmm. And they do such a great job of curating, you know, the people that are there. So just getting in is, like, an honor because you're like, oh, my God. You know, I feel like there are these businesses that I kind of looked up to that I got to see their booth in person and talk to them. And that was really exciting. So it's just a cool event to be at, you know. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So do you, so markets seem like kind of your main way that you sell products or do you have other ways that you've kind of come across that you like to sell? Right. Um, Markets definitely for probably the first, I don't know, even eight years were my bread and butter, you know, Mm -hmm. like that was, that was it. Um, but I've, you know, over the past probably five or six years, I've just made an effort in trying to really, you know, increase my online sales mm-hmm. um, and my, you know, social media, email yeah. campaigns, that kind of stuff. Um, so as of last year, like markets were really only making up like 50 to 60 oh, percent wow. yeah. of my income. Um, and then I do some wholesale. I experimented with doing a lot of wholesale and then kind of realized that wasn't the direction I wanted to go because mm-hmm. I was just like a production machine. Right. Um, so now it's, you know, a little bit of wholesale and then markets and online. And I'm always working on, you know, trying to increase the online. Yeah. So online would just be like through your website? Yeah, uh-huh. my website and through Etsy. Okay, Etsy, yeah. cool. And what kind of stores carry your stuff wholesale? Um, right now it's local shops. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in Armature Works in oh, Tampa cool. and then uh, Miss Red Outfitters in mm-hmm. downtown St. Pete. Um, and there's another shop called Neat, Neat, Neat. Oh, yeah, I've that heard that's a new recently. business, yeah. Um, she has some of my jewelry. And I'm actually, I just made a connection with um, one of the uh, groups that's selling a bunch of artists' work on the pier. Oh, wow. Um, so I'll have some stuff on the pier, which will oh, be really amazing. cool. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. So what would you say is your favorite way to sell products? Oh, <laughs> that's tough. I mean, I think probably my favorite way is in person, like Mm -hmm. at markets, because you get to experience the person seeing it and getting excited about it. And, you know, you just don't get that same interaction online, even though it's still really exciting to get an order online. You know, it's just it's great when you can interact with people. And like I said, that's how I learn about feedback. Yeah. What I want to do next, you know, it's kind of hearing what people are looking for. Absolutely. And so because I know you, I know that you have a special <laughs> guest at the market with you. So tell me a little bit about that and what it's like to have that dynamic. 
<laughs> uh, so my mom, who's amazing, has been doing markets with me since I started. She wow. did that first one with me where I made 50 bucks. <laughs> um, she's awesome, super supportive. Yeah. Um, and it's also just really helpful to have a helping hand with yeah. setup and and for me, you know, when someone purchases something, we we wrap it mm-hmm. in a cute packaging, and yeah. um, so it's really nice to have someone who can handle one aspect of packaging while I'm, you know, handling the payment, so that people aren't just like waiting right. for like ten minutes while I wrap everything up. So um, yeah, she's amazing. That's <laughs> so cool. Yeah, and she's so fun and friendly, and you know, yes. just loves your products. Yeah, she, I mean, she's such a huge part of my business. Every time I create a new product, she's the first person that I'm like, what do you think? You know, try it on, see how it feels. You know, she's like my tester. So she's just as enthusiastic about the jewelry as I am. Has she ever tried to make something herself? Uh, She does help me in the studio um, with some of the simpler tasks. She doesn't actually make something herself, but Mm -hmm. she's constantly contributing to the ideas, you know, and telling me, oh, what about this? Or she'll give me ideas of, you know, something that I should try. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. So you mentioned your studio. So, uh, you know, as an accountant, I get lots of questions from clients. And one big one is always, you know, how do I know when it's time to get my own space, like and right. not, not work out of my home anymore. Mm-hmm. And I know that you made that transition a few years ago, right? From yeah, it was about three years ago. Three years ago. Wow, time flies. I know. <laughs> and so what were you doing before you, you know, started renting a studio? And then what are you doing now? And how, why did that happen? How did it happen? What do you like? What don't you like? Yeah. Um, so I worked out of my house for mm-hmm. eight years. Um, in several different houses that we moved. And, mm-hmm. you know, my my workspace was slowly taking over the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I hadn't really considered a studio until um, my husband and I were looking to move back to St. Pete. We were living in Largo. Mm-hmm. And we knew that enabled, you know, for us to be able to afford a place in St. Pete, we were going to have to downsize. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of like, how am I going to make my studio work. My husband's also a musician, so mm-hmm. he was also working out of the house. So it was like, how are we going to fit all of our stuff? You know, he's got a lot of equipment yeah. into a smaller space. So I started looking into what kind of studios were out there. Um, there At the time, there were not a lot. There's more now, but even still, they're not easy to get. There's yeah. long waiting lists for wow. art studios. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got on a on the waiting list. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, all right, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, we ended up buying a house in St. Pete, uh, which was definitely a lot smaller, um, <laughs> but we made it work, you know? Yeah. I fit into a really small room. He fit into an even smaller room <laughs> that was like at the front of the house. Um, and about a year after we were in the house, I got a call saying, hey, we have a studio. Are you still interested? Wow. Um, so it was kind of like, oh man, I just like got comfortable in this space. Right, right. (laughs) But I knew that it was, it was the right step to take to like further my business. Yeah. Um, And how did you know that? Like, why is that the right step? Uh, well, I knew that if I ever wanted to hire someone or Mm -hmm. even, you know, just having my mom come and help wasn't always really possible in our house, you know, because there really wasn't a lot of room for her to even fit. So it was like, if I have a space that's out of the house and it's bigger than the space I'm working in, I could then have someone come and help me. Totally. 
Um, and then part of the benefit um, that made me really make the decision was that, you know, I would have a space where I could have my customers come. Mm. So I, even though it was going to be this additional expense, I was also going to have the potential to make more money by being there. Right. Because, you know, currently it was either you find me at a market or you shop online. Yeah. So now I have a space where it's like, hey, if you can't make it to the market, reach out and you can schedule an appointment to come and shop with me in person. Cool. Um, and then the space where I'm at called the Art Lofts. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have, we participate in Art Walk every month. Oh, cool. Which is the second Saturday of every month. So that's another, you know, event where people are coming in and seeing my studio. So I'm reaching a new audience yeah. through that as well. So, you know, the benefits just kind of outweighed the cost for mm-hmm. me, you know, and it's ended up being one of the best moves I ever made. <laughs> wow, really? So yeah. what? So what else do you like about it? Uh, I mean, the best part is just my productivity. Like, <laughs> I didn't think that I was not being productive at home, but until I was out of the house, and then I realized, like, man, I get so much more work done when I'm there because there's no distractions. Like, right. I'm just totally focused on work when I'm there. Interesting. And it made me appreciate being at home more. Like, when you're at home and you're working at home, like, work is always there. Like, yeah. it's always, like, it's hard to step away from work because there's always something to do when yeah. you are when you run your own business. Yeah. Um. So now when I go home, I'm, I'm just at home. Yeah. And I can just watch TV or, like, you know, do whatever and not, I mean, work is always on the mind, but right. I can't work when I'm at home. No, so. you literally can't. There's no equipment there. Exactly. Anything. Exactly. So, so that's been really, really good for me. That's great. So now you have that balance between... Do you think you work more hours or less hours? Like, has having a studio affected how long of a day, a work day you have? I actually work less hours now. Like, before I felt like I was, you know, I'd wake up, I'd go to my desk and start working. And a lot of times I'd work until I went to bed, you know? So now it's like, you know, I have more of a normal life. I still, it's hard for me to like give myself a day off. Yeah. I've been trying to, get, you know, make sure I take one day off every week. Yep. Um, but, you know, I don't have a, a strict schedule I have to stick to, like someone that has a normal job. So. Right. A normal job. What's normal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A, a nine to five or whatever. <laughs> have you ever been worried that like you might have to get a nine to five? Because it's pretty amazing that you've sustained yourself for 11 years with just making what you love to make. Yeah. Um, the first five years were rough. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was, um, you know, it takes a while to to build an audience. And, mm-hmm. and because I was, you know, kind of figuring out my product still, I didn't have like the like branding down right mm-hmm. away. And that's such a huge part of being successful is like having consistency across, you know, mm-hmm. every platform. Um, so figuring all of that out really helped, you know, to get my business to a new level. But um, until then, you know, it was... It was tough. There were, I think there were a few times in the beginning where I applied <laughs> for some jobs, kind of like, I, I don't really want this job. Yeah. I hope they don't really call me. But, <laughs> you know, um, but I was able to, you know, make it work. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. That's, that's amazing. Thanks. <laughs> it's very inspiring because I think a lot of people think, you know, no, I have to, like, I can't possibly live my dream and do what I want right. to do. Like, I'm just, have, do you feel like you've had to make sacrifices because of following your heart instead of, you know, the normal job? Yeah, um, yeah for sure. Um, 
you know, especially like in the, you know, the beginnings of starting the business, you mm-hmm. know, I wasn't really able to travel or, right. you know, do a lot, eat out a lot or do the, you know, things mm-hmm. that are like fun because we just really couldn't afford to, you know, right. um, it's definitely a financial risk in the beginning, but yeah. it's paid off. So yeah. now it's like, Hey, I, I can do things, yeah. you know, like things are normal for me. So, um, yeah. So it sounds like it just takes time. It just takes you time. You just have to try. Like if you're not successful in your first year, that doesn't mean you're not going to be successful. For sure. I think it's it's just being persistent, like really believing in what you're doing and mm-hmm. like really wanting it and um, being resilient. My husband likes to use that word. Just mm-hmm. like being able to get past like the, you know, being turned down to get into an event you really want to be at. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's a lot of rejection Ooh, and just being be able to like, get past that and like you know what it's just not the right thing for me right yeah. now like I still need to find that thing that is you know? right so yeah yeah and just keep following your path and yeah yeah that's really cool yeah. so what about COVID so I hate to bring it up but yeah. <laughs> how has that affected the you know work from home versus studio yeah um so when COVID first happened they kind of shut down our building, you know, mm-hmm. you know, no one knew what was happening, yeah. <laughs> what to do. Um, so I kind of like in a panic, like just moved a lot of my work stuff home mm-hmm. um, and figured out <laughs> how to make space again in the house for me. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was different being home again. Um, there were parts of it that were nice, um, but ultimately I really missed being in my studio. I found it so hard to like motivate myself and mm-hmm. like to not have those like set times that were like yeah. separated. Like, Interesting. Um, yeah. It made me really appreciate my studio <laughs> Wow. again. Um, and just, I missed the community of being around other artists who were working. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, that's, I feel like that's really important, you know, yeah. and just like seeing people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's um, cool that it really like kind of validated that, like, yes, I ch- made the right decision getting a studio. Sure. Yeah. I mean, at first I was like scared about, you know, financially about right. whether or not I was going to be able to keep my studio. Yeah. Um, but, you know, luckily there were like grants available in St. Pete mm-hmm. that were meant to be used just for that so that right. you wouldn't have to lose, you know, your space. So yeah. um, thank God for that because yeah, that really helped amazing. me. Yeah, that's yeah. great. <laughs> okay, so the future. What is What do you want to happen to Blossom and Shine? Like in five years, in 10 years, like what do you – how is your – like, do you have any, like, crazy dreams of, like, someday I'd love to do this with my brand or? Uh, I don't. I've never been, like, looking that far into the future. I feel like I'm always kind of just, like, one day at a time, especially yeah. in COVID times. That's a good thing. It's kind of like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. Like, totally. So, I mean, I think that's something that COVID has taught all of us. Yeah. You know? Just take it one day at a time. Um, All I know is that. I love what I do. I want to be able to keep doing it. Um, and as long as I can figure that out, like, I'm, I'm happy, you know? That's amazing. So um, I definitely, like I said before, I'm, I'm always working on increasing my online sales. Yeah. Um, I, my husband and I have a dream of being able to spend our summers in New York and yeah. the rest of the year in Florida because that's, like, down season for both of us. So yep. If I can, you know, have more online sales, that's going to allow me to be able to have that dream. Right, um, right. So, 
But, you know, I love doing markets. Hopefully I'll be able to continue doing those and, you know, just kind of keep going. (laughs) That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. So if someone does want to purchase something, you know, via online sales or they want to see you in person, how can they reach out to you? Uh, So my website is Mm blossomandshine.com. I have information on there about, you know, where my studio is. If you want to reach out to me, my email's on there about stopping by the studio. Um, This Saturday morning market is opening again, so I will be back there. Okay. Maybe not every weekend. Um, So again, on my website under events, I have a list of all the places where you can find me. Great. Um, And then you can always shop online and there'll be, you know, sales coming up because (gasps) of the holidays. So (laughs) Exciting. I might have to get a pair of earrings. (laughs) I'm excited. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead over to your studio and see all these amazing products that we've been talking about. Okay. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. If you have any questions for us or need help getting started, check us out on social media. We are on Instagram at Conscious Accounting and our website is conscious-accounting.com or you could email us at info at